Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning to you. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California's Reparations Task Force studying reparations for Black Californians continues meeting today at San Francisco's historic Third Baptist Church. KQED's Annalise Finney was at the first day of meetings. After 10 months of convening virtually, it was the first time the task force held an in-person meeting. People were pretty excited to be in person including Reverend Dr. Amos C. Brown, the church's pastor and a task force member. He opened the meeting. I am peacock proud, hyena happy, and elephant elated. The topic of the day was discrimination in education, and the task force heard from a series of experts, including Dr. Etta Hollins, professor of teacher education at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. All of these institutions have been shaped by Eurocentric values and practices. That is a very difficult thing to change. Today, the nine-member body will review and possibly approve its first report, which explains why reparations are necessary by detailing the history of anti-Black racism in the state. If approved, it will become the nation's first government-issued report on anti-Black racism since the Kerner Commission report on the causes of the uprisings that swept the nation in 1967. For the California Report, I'm Annalise Finney in San Francisco. There are going to be significant changes in the way law enforcement agencies in San Diego County investigate the use of deadly force. Under the new guidelines, which go into effect May 1st, the San Diego Police Department will investigate incidents involving sheriff's deputies or officers from other law enforcement agencies in the county. Likewise, the San Diego County Sheriff's Department will investigate incidents involving San Diego Police. Now, if both of those agencies are involved, then Chula Vista's police department will take the lead in the investigations. Here's Summer Stefan, district attorney in San Diego County, speaking at a news conference yesterday. The mutual goal of everybody is to enhance the trust, to enhance the transparency, to enhance the independence of investigations. And I'm very proud that I think we are the only region in the state that is doing this in order to better serve and protect the public. Deaths that occur in jails after the use of force by deputies or correctional officers will also be subject to these investigations under the agreement. This all comes at a time of increased scrutiny of law enforcement agencies across the country, particularly when it comes to use of force. Police reform advocates have called for greater transparency in investigations and more independent oversight.
California voters say housing affordability and homelessness are the most important issues for the state to address this year. That's according to a new survey from the Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies. KQD politics reporter Guy Marzarotti has more. When the same poll asked California voters for their top concerns back in September of 2020, the same two issues topped the list, housing costs and homelessness. Now roughly 30 percent of voters rank those issues as most important, including a plurality of Democrats and independents. But over the last 19 months, voter priorities have shifted in other areas. Voter concerns over the coronavirus saw the biggest drop, while gas prices are now a top five issue for voters of all political stripes. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. People who have experienced homelessness need to be given a seat at the table when it comes to making policy decisions about L.A.'s homelessness crisis. That's one of the recommendations to come out of a new report commissioned by the Committee for a Greater Los Angeles. KPCC's Unhoused Communities reporter Ethan Ward has more. The report also found there is a lack of centralized leadership in the effort to house people who need help. Miguel Santana is co-chair of the Housing and Homelessness Action Team of the committee. There is no plan. There is no one in charge, no transparency and accountability, and no urgency. Santana says the lack of coordinated response makes it harder to advocate for the region in Sacramento and D.C. The report was based on data from focus groups made up of people who have experienced homelessness and currently interact with government agencies and other aid agencies. Participants said the three most urgent issues were a lack of housing availability and mental health services, along with case management discrimination. For the California Report, I'm Ethan Ward in Los Angeles. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Let's turn to the pandemic. California is easing its quarantine guidelines for people who are exposed to the coronavirus. The state's Department of Public Health is no longer recommending a five-day quarantine period for those who are exposed to the virus but aren't showing symptoms. State health officials still recommend that anyone who tests positive for COVID-19 or shows symptoms be isolated and stay home for at least five days. That isolation period can end after the fifth day if the person no longer has symptoms and a rapid test shows a negative result. The state's recommendations are more relaxed than guidance from the CDC, which is still recommending that people who are exposed to COVID and are not fully vaccinated stay home and quarantine for at least five days to see if they develop signs of COVID. And let's stay on the virus. People with certain psychiatric disorders face a heightened risk of breakthrough COVID infections. That's according to a new study out today from UC San Francisco. KQED's health correspondent April Domboski has more. 
Researchers studied a quarter of a million patients at the VA, most of them men, all of them vaccinated. They found that seniors who had schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or anxiety faced up to 23% higher risk of breakthrough COVID infections. Lead author Aoife O'Donovan says demographic factors do not explain the disparity. The data suggests these brain disorders impact the immune system. There are strong bidirectional links between immune system functioning and nervous system functioning. And they influence each other far more than we ever imagined. O'Donovan says people with psychiatric disorders should be prioritized for boosters and take extra care to avoid infection. For The California Report, I'm April Domboski. A draft of California's first-in-the-nation roadmap for ending the sale of all new gas-powered cars in the state by 2035 has been released. KQED climate editor Kevin Stark reports that would have wide-ranging impacts from climate to health to jobs. It's a multiple birds with one stone policy for air officials. Cars and trucks account for about half of the state's greenhouse gas emissions and the vast majority of its smog. The new plan requires an increase in the sales of electric vehicles starting in 2024. Davina Hurt is with the California Air Resources Board. There'll be a reduction in premature deaths, hospitalizations, lost work days associated with the exposure. Environmental advocates want the state to move faster and ensure equal access to electric cars in low-income communities. Roman Partida Lopez is legal counsel for Oakland's Greenlining Institute. This rule falls way short, and we need to see a stronger and more intentional commitment from CARB on equity. Carmakers speaking through a trade group said California's plan would be extremely challenging to implement. The state estimates it could lose up to 40,000 jobs at gas stations, service stations, and mechanic shops, and also billions of dollars in government revenue generated from taxes on gas. All that could be made up elsewhere. California expects billions in charging infrastructure, software, and other investment. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. So if you are in the market for a new electric vehicle in California right now, you're definitely not alone. With gas prices soaring to record levels in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, many prospective car buyers say an EV is the way to go. But are there anywhere near enough electric vehicles at California's car dealerships? From KCRW in Santa Monica, Robin Estrin has more. Lisa McCree decided she was ready to trade in her fuel-burning car for an electric one when she saw gas was selling for $6.59 a gallon. I was like, why am I driving this car? McCree, a TV news anchor, started shopping for an all-electric Volkswagen SUV. I became, like, obsessed with trying to find one. Well, of course, I became obsessed just as Ukraine happened, and everybody else was obsessed, too. Russia's invasion of Ukraine sent gas prices soaring and pushed tentative EV buyers closer to sealing the deal. But the EV market was already hot, especially here in California, where we're planning to phase out the sale of gas-powered cars completely by 2035. Meanwhile, on the supply side, manufacturers are still suffering pandemic-induced port clogs and shortages of key components like microchips. High gas prices are only heating the market. Just ask Doug Iro, who manages Toyota Longo in El Monte. And last week was the highest amount of phone calls and the highest uh, inc- number of inquiries to our website in the past two years, uh, by far. Notice, he's talking about inquiries in their electric offerings and not about sales. 
That's because you can't sell cars you don't have. Eero and every other EV dealer I spoke to for this story told me inventory is low. So low, in fact, that at the Nissan dealership over in Downey, owner Tim Hutcherson had to come up with an unusual way to hide his inventory problem. He typically asks employees to park their cars in a lot across the street. Now, he's asking them to park right in front of the office. These are all employee cars. To keep the lot full? Try to keep the lot full. Wow. So, gotta be creative. Eero at Toyota no, says he usually has up to 2,000 cars on the lot. Now, on a typical day, he has 30, maybe 40. About half of them are electric, and of the cars he can get, most arrive already sold. So we really have no vehicles on the lot when it comes to electrified because they're actually buying them before they even get here. So it's a pretty remarkable time. It's a mean market for consumers like Lisa McCree. She spent hours on a recent weekend calling Volkswagen dealers from LA South Bay all the way to Bakersfield. Not one had a car to sell. But then, on a recent morning about 10.15 a.m., McCree got a text. It was Johnny from Volkswagen South Coast saying, Good morning, Lisa. I have an ID Pro for sale. No markup. Let me know if you want to get it. Won't last a day. And he sends me pictures. I didn't get it until 11.36. I said, fantastic. No mileage. And he went, sorry, sold. <laughs> New car, sorry, sold. The price at the pump is painful, but so is a fruitless search for a car that doesn't exist. That's why McCree's decided to call off her search for now. It is going to settle down. I can suffer through it, you know, suffer through the gas price and the guilt for a, a few more months. I'll get an EV when things aren't insane. It's unclear just when things might settle down, but it's likely to be a while. So says Joseph McCabe, a market analyst and CEO of Auto Forecast Solutions. My general advice is if you don't have to buy a vehicle now, don't buy a vehicle now. You're not going to get a deal. Let's put it that way. And here's more bad news. Most people need to take out a loan to buy a car, and borrowing money is about to get more expensive. The Federal Reserve recently raised interest rates a quarter percent and is expected to raise rates again up to seven more times this year. That means by the time supply chains ease up and more cars hit the market, a car loan is likely to cost you hundreds of dollars more per year. For the California Report, I'm Robin Estrin in Los Angeles. And while gas prices remain extremely high across California, they have been on the decline over the last few weeks. According to AAA, the average price of a regular gallon of gasoline is now at $5.71. That's down about 10 cents from the same time last week. Gas prices started to dip around the end of last month after hitting record highs closing in on the $6 mark on March 29th, although higher in some places in California. Big reason for the decline is the fall in the global price of oil after the U.S. and its allies agreed to significant releases from their petroleum reserves after cutting off purchases of Russian oil. All right, listeners, that's this edition of the California Report for Thursday, April 14th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day out there. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash Adapting Care. Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, no sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint, 
water with a touch of true fruit flavor. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.